we talked this through several times and, and still I didn't get it. <laughs> All <laughs> right, thank that. you. Thank you for being here. Um, um, I'll just dive right into to show you your future. This is your future workplace. The question is now, are you in it or are you not in it? And for us, it is right now the dark side of communication happening around artificial intelligence and how it will take away all the jobs. And we just did some research a few, uh, just a week back or two, uh, and we found tons of information of you know all the jobs we're getting rid of. There were been a few talks here at Republica where. Uh, We heard a lot what, what the future of work will look like, so we tried to separate this a little bit, but we'll come in detail to this. But uh, in the Obama administration, it has already been said that the change of workforce due to technology has already begun. And if you look through the news, it says that all kinds of industries already, we have a lot of impact regarding technology. So here, the apple-picking robots start to take away the farmer's job. So it's not a picking robot by Apple, of course, but it's just an Apple picking robot. And this is just one example. It goes much deeper. So this is a, uh, was a German news, but it was about a Japanese company who fired one-third of their employees' workforce, uh, exchanged them to artificial intelligence, what they called artificial intelligence um, machines, to uh, sell insurances online. And um, going further in a different domain, um, AI uh, will replace doctor diagnosis because it will be much clearer, cheaper to diagnose uh, sicknesses, etc. So the question is how long will there be uh, doctors or will they just sign off what a machine um, told them what the sickness might be? Um, we go further even to lawyers, accountants, everything where you need tons of data, it will always be the question, you know, isn't it cheaper to have, or even uh, with a higher quality, to have a machine doing the job for you? And uh, this where I would like to go out and uh, give a shout out to you and ask you, what other jobs do you have in mind? Just tell me what other jobs will be f uh, gone. Teacher. Teachers? Yes. Interesting. Wow. Bus drivers, drivers in general, probably. More? Banking? Anything around banking? All right. Yep, I would agree. And what will happen to all of them? We had just recently in the newspaper, so they will all get fired. And this is right now the sense of communication out there. And we uh, think that it's, um, if you look back a little bit in history, um, the fear, is it, is it a real fear or is it just a made-up fear because all the journalists, you know, have to write something really, really, you know, fancy so people read it? Um, but if you look back just shortly into the automation and robots, uh, they, a few years ago, changed the, the system in Detroit, for example, and out of two million employees in Detroit working in the car manufacturing industry, uh, 1,300,000 lost their jobs. And actually, this is a picture of a destroy, uh, Detroit, well, destroyed, Detroit uh, factory uh, for cars. And will, for example, Allianz buildings look like this in 10 years from now? Or Deutsche Telekom? 
I don't know. So that's the question. If you look even further back in history, and I've, I'm sure you've seen all these kinds of slides uh, a few times already, so this is nothing new, but what we always experienced, it took forever to understand new technologies and go into, uh, into these new technologies, understand new jobs, and or maybe even uh, develop new jobs. And to go into detail here a little bit, if it's 1850 with a steam uh, engine, um, you started to lose la uh, manual labor, right? So less people were working on la uh, manual labor, uh, and the service sector started to rise. Whoop. That was too fast. <laughs> service sector started to rise. And right now, uh, today, we're having another impact uh, with artificial intelligence. And during the increase of population, we're right there at the top. So services right now are in declining. And we're there. What kind of new jobs will be available very soon? So for us, actually, it is the question what we have is, um, will AI destroy really jobs or will it create new jobs? The question we have is, um, if, if you look a little bit through the literature, 50% of the experts say it will destroy jobs. The other 50% say it will develop jobs. And our theory is that also in the past, because we believe that it will destroy jobs, we will create new ones. So this is uh, something uh, where we don't know if this is uh, um, like, like a self-predictive uh, um, thing what we do right now, so it will be that we will lose jobs for everyone fearing it, or are we uh, in doom here, or do we have to be more confident and say, hey, we're humans, we have certain capabilities others don't have, and it's time to get rid of this depression and go into the future. And for this we have a little inspirational movie. So my name is Jem. I'm working for Deutsche Telekom. I'm an innovation manager there. Yes, and my name is um, Moritz, and um, yeah, I just uh, worked for, for the last years for the Hasselblad Institute, um, HBI, where we 
yeah, educated executives in, in being more confident, especially creative confident. And now we want to push things a little bit further and talk about um, something we would call a transformational confidence, which is um, trying to, to redefine maybe and also redesign our human role in this yeah, very transformative world out there, where it's changing so much. We just had discussions also during Republica, where also I again felt, oh gosh, I'm, I'm so behind everything here. <laughs> and, and how should I, or, I don't know, do something with my life? And um, yeah, and I think this is um, also a little bit described by this little boy, right, who doesn't fear the um, AI police officer, but is more confident in, 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 in yeah, doing his, his own choices, his own decisions. And um, yeah, that's, that's something we want to talk about today. Um, yeah, this, this human role in the age of, of artificial intelligence. So, um, what can you expect from this talk? Actually, um, we are quite happy that it's not that crowded because we want to have it more interactive because we also believe that, yeah, I think in future it will be much more about collaboration, right? And, and this collaborative intelligence. So, yeah, just already um, get familiar with your partners left and right um, beside you. You're going to need them um, during this, this, this talk. And, um, yeah, so it, it will be interactive. What else can you expect? It will not be um, this talk where we will present you um, thousands of solutions just because we don't have them and because we don't know them. It's more a little bit an inspirational talk um, which will try to also um, give you maybe some, some ideas about how an attitude could look like to, to face this AI future and especially how you could maybe also move in, in this yeah, very transformational time. And, um, yeah, and, and later we will also think about, okay, what can organizations also do to, to yeah, get their people on board with this, um, with this trend because yeah, they are also expecting answers in this context. Okay, So... Yeah, let's let's get started. Um, yeah, doing this this discussion also of um, yeah AI. Um, I think that that what is really really um, yeah important to see is that yeah many people in question also what what is the role of us humans? What can we actually give valuable into into work? What what is the thing that we can um, put into world? Okay, so the. Yeah, here it is. Um, in the age of AI, yeah, discuss what remains as, as human work. And if you look into studies, I think, um, yeah, there are scientists who are saying quite obvious, okay, there is something which we can bring onto the table, which technology and also AI in future will, will, will not bring onto the table. Like, for example, in emotional intelligence, right, when it comes to creating empathy towards users, towards other, other human beings, maybe also in, in, in this day-to-day yeah, -day, um, life. What is else there? Curiosity. Curiosity is something which drives us all. So uh, if you're here at Republica, you're probably more curious than a lot of other people. So for us, curiosity is a main driver to experience new things, to learn new things, to interact with other people, to meet new people. So curiosity is something where I don't know yet how machines will get this kind of curiosity. So this will so far and still for a while probably differentiate us from machines. Yeah, what else is there, I think? Taking initiative, of course, right? We are the people who, who see things in the world changing and, and thereby reacting, right? And, and having ideas of what we can maybe change. And I think this, this part of us will, will always be something, yeah, maybe technology cannot imitate that easily, especially when we're thinking about bigger contexts like ecosystems. I think then, then I think it's, it's us who are taking the initiatives and not the machines, maybe. 
Adaptability. Adaptability, uh, Charles Darwin already said, it's not the strongest who will survive, it is the, man, the one who will most likely adapt to new situations. I think every one of you, uh, you know, knows when they start maybe a new job, you know, how, you know, how fairly fast it is to, to get into the new surrounding, how it is to meet new people, and it is for others much more uh, difficult to get into these new kind of fields, even if you, within your job, change maybe uh, your role, and suddenly you get different tasks, so it is still very strong uh, the adaptability and your ca competence or the capability per se to adapt is very strong in humans. Yeah, and then of course, um, yeah, those multidisciplinary thinking, right? I tackled it, um, I think we are quite good and when it comes to, to yeah, solve complex challenges, complex problems, but also maybe in, in collaborating with people who have maybe completely different perspectives on those problems. And um, yeah, and I think the last thing is, is, is also creativity. So we, yeah. we're not sure if this one is something where we will be very long, very alone in this. There's a lot of machines out there who try to draw images or uh, compose music. And so that's a question, you know, what is creativity? The way we define it is that the way we find solutions around different problems uh, could be a very creative part of humans where uh, you all know that, you know, if you're in trouble or you have a bad situation, somehow, somehow you find a solution. And this is usually done by being very creative. Yeah, so these are kind of our potentials, right? That we can bring onto the table and, and collaborate together with, but also maybe some point with machines. And I think that's good to know, right? That there is something in us which is, which is still valuable in a world where maybe also technology is, is, is quite powerful. And, um, yeah, and, and now to think further, um, I think organizations and also we people started to use this a little bit more maybe than, than in the past. And, um, yeah, I think, this can be, can be put under the um, headline of, yeah, trying that, that we started to try to unleash maybe those kind of human potentials in our day-to-day -day work. So if you, if you look, for example, on, on this, yeah, of course, also the, the, the trends of, of design thinking, for example, but also of, of that innovation becomes more and more important to companies, then we can say, yes, we started to, to make more use of, of those potentials by, for example, um, yeah, being a little bit more iterative in, in our processes um, and, and, and thereby maybe also a little bit more explorative. But um, yeah, also to, to be more user-centered when it comes to, to, to problem solving because there we're going to find inspiration to actually come up with some new ideas and some new um, approaches. And also when it comes to, to, to the way we actually work together, right, in, in terms of radical collaborations. So these kind of new ways of working together, this new work mode is, is introduced by more and more organizations, by more and more people, um, like, for example, with the help of methods like design thinking and, and, and also Lean Startup and Agile and Scrum. Um, but we think this isn't really yeah, far enough in the way of actually we think about it because I think in order to be really iterative, in order to really um, have this kind of user-centric approach and also to collaborate, it has to go much deeper than just to talk about methods like Lean Startup, um, Business Model Canvas and so on. And, and, and that's, I think, also um, yeah, why we would say that, for example, and that I think is an analogy in this context, whole this, this whole discussion about yeah, future of work, for example, isn't also going far enough, right? Um, we, are, we are talking about um, flexible, yeah, maybe flexible working time. We are talking about um, that we have to, I don't know, introduce bring your own device policies to companies and so on. And I think we are not getting the next level when it comes also to HR and also when it comes to to those to to those new new ways of working actually together. And I think we have to think this from the scratch. And um, yeah, and I think 
also that's also why I think why we got got this idea to to present it here today is that this narrative also Chem introduced us at the beginning, right? That that AI will destroy everything and the AI will change um, um, us by by making us I don't know useless maybe because we are losing our jobs and so on. I think this discussion has a completely yeah maybe wrong narrative or maybe not not. I think this shouldn't be the only narrative, and that's why we would um, try to to reframe. This, this whole talk by saying, okay, we actually have to start creating a human future of work and instead of just uh, a future of work, which um, yeah, just really tries to highlight that, that we humans have to play a part in that and especially those potentials and, and qualities and also skills we just introduced um, a second ago should, should really be, be fostered and, and driven in this. Uh, an add-on I'd like to make is uh, design thinking. Everyone is talking about design thinking right now. Um, it is a tool, right? And it's uh, something uh, large companies right now, which I personally think is very sad, although I like design thinking methods, of course, uh, they throw it at their employees and then they're saying, that, oh, we're now, now you're uh, very innovative and now you can do something really great. And, uh, but there's a famous saying, right? A fool with a tool is still a fool. So the question here is, what can we do with uh, all these methods and tools by interacting with the humans, real interaction? Yeah, and I think we try to split this conversation a little bit up by, by saying on the one side, okay, there's a perspective for every individual, so for all of us to actually start em embracing maybe those, those human potentials or these human qualities. And on the other side, there's a perspective, of course, what can organizations maybe do to, to um, yeah, foster this, this more human um, yeah, future of work. And we're going to start um, with um, yeah, the perspective on, on the individual, so on, on every, every one of us and, and what we can actually yeah, change maybe in the way we do things. And um, yeah, let's 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 start maybe with um, yeah something um, you maybe wouldn't expect there, because of course we're talking. Oh yeah, we live in a very very complex world. Maybe some of you heard this term of VUCA, right? Um, where where the yeah, future isn't that predictable, and we we have to yeah day in and day out solve some very very complex challenges. And um, yeah, I usually draw a very I think interesting analogy to that because I say what's the what's the news about that. I mean, we, when we were maybe this, this, this tall, grew up also in a, in a very complex world, right, where everything was new for us. And um, yeah, so, so for example, um, did I, right? And, and when we were this young and, and maybe just this tall, I think we were experts in, in getting familiar with a very, very, very complex world, right? And, um, and in this context, it's, it's yeah, interesting to just um, ask you guys, and maybe that's the first time you can introduce yourself um, to, your, to your partner left and right. Um, so what do you think is, is something we can learn from kids when it comes to, to solving complex problems, right? Because just imagine yourself in, in this world. Um, I think you, you didn't know anything, right? Everything was bigger than you. You didn't know any person. Um, what, what, do you, what would you say actually can you, can you learn maybe from, from, from kids when it comes to living in a complex world? And um, yeah, maybe we just have a quick check with your, with your partners, or maybe you just shout it in. What would you say can you learn from a kid when it comes to, to living in a complex world? Asking why, perfect. What else? Curiosity, I heard you, right? Yeah, what else? What else would you say could you learn from a three-year-old kid when it comes to the future? Change the rules. Change the rules, nice. What else? Yeah, do things that matter? Focusing on the things that matter. What else? Play, right, being playful and, and trying maybe things out. What else? Yeah, you're a little bit in a safe environment and maybe that's also why you can try things out. Any other ideas? No prejudice, very good. Yes, and? Yes, you're open, right? You open up for people. 
Yes. Very yes. good. So Receive time, time differently. There, there is quite a lot, right? And, and I think the most important thing, and that's also what, what, what I learned in, in my time at also studying maybe design thinking, but also teaching uh, yeah, adults design thinking and executives, is that I think the most important thing we can learn from kids is this, right? Look myself, here, I'm, I'm trying to catch sheep and find out whether they are maybe some, some playing friends for me. <laughs> I, I fall hit down and, and I stood up again, right? And I think that's, that's actually all. That's, that's all what I've learned when it comes to this, this yeah, future of working and also when it comes to, to this complex time we live in. It's, it's all about, in the end, yeah, just being explorative, trying things out, like me trying to find new friends at the Sheeps, <laughs> um, falling down because they're much faster than maybe me and don't want to play with me. And in the end, yeah, standing up again. And, and I think this is actually the core, the core of all those methods out there and, and also the core of our, of our working mode in the future. And I'll show you why. Because um, I think that in, in, the, in, the, in the center of all this stands vulnerability. And this vulnerability actually opens us up for, for something new and, and also opens us up for doing things differently and, and being explorative, trying things out, failing again. And I'm pretty sure that all of you have made this kind of one, one experience where maybe also this vulnerability led you to, to a very, very um, yeah, interesting learning you may never forget. And... Um, I'd like you now to, to share this with a partner. So the task is yet now to yeah, talk to your partner next to you. And, and this is very personal, I know, but, but let's try to be vulnerable in this and, and really try it out. Tell each other a little story about a day in your life when you really felt hurt by, by something. And this can be private life, business life, whatever. And, and what did you learn from that? <laughs> and I think there is something. Just, just try it out. Ask your partner left and right of you. So... Tell, us, tell me a little story of a day in your life when you really felt hurt about it. I think there is something. <laughs> the first people are running. Sorry yeah. about that. That's okay. I mean, it's, it's part of the game, right? It's part of this vulnerability thing, no, right? No, yes, I'd like, I'd like to add this. This is what we expect in the future that you have to open up. It's not sharing secrets, right? Yeah. Of course not. But it's sharing, uh, making your partner or the other people understand what you're all about. Right and uh, understanding you, your kindness, your, uh, your your weaknesses, your strength, of course. So, one minute. Yes, one minute. One minute. Yeah, really. Very quick, quick sharing. One. Yes. Talk, one talk to you guys. Oh, that's a good idea. Thank you. Sollen die, die für sich behalten, sollen sie für sich behalten? Wie viel Zeit haben sie noch? Ähm, eine Minute hat man gesagt, aber ist okay. Oh, okay. Ähm, du musst jetzt sagen, ob sie damit irgendwas anfangen sollen, weil sollen sie jetzt erstmal nur für sich behalten, oder? Und dann gehen wir weiter. Das finde ich total geil. Super, oder? So schön rubbelig und so weiter. Ist cool. Wollen wir weiter mal? Hm? Vielleicht noch zwei Minuten. Hm? Vielleicht ein bisschen da. Wenn die ersten hilfesuchenden Blicke in unsere Richtung kommen, okay. ja. dann müssen wir Empathie spüren jetzt. <lacht> 
Denk mal an die, an die Linie hier, dass ja. du ruhig ein bisschen davor stehst, sonst sieht man sich nicht so gut. Okay. Okay, I see some, some yeah, very inspired discussions. Maybe you can take them after the, the talk also into the evening. So, and, uh, um, and maybe you're making already friends, new friends. <laughs> and so in the break, right afterwards, we can continue these discussions. This, uh, we will get more chances to discuss. Yeah. So, so maybe you keep something for... Yeah, but what, what is there? There were learnings, right? You wouldn't forget. So who of you um, heard a very interesting story with, with a learning of the other person he or she would never forget? Just give a sign. Who of you heard a, a story of a, a kind of learning that this other person will never forget? Was it, was it that person? Okay, there some, okay. <laughs> At least uh, yeah, some stories. Okay, so um, let's get back to the topic. I mean, vulnerability is, is really the core of, of this new working mode, and I'm going to show you why. Because in the end of the day, this vulnerability is, is just showing us Yeah, the willingness to fail and to consciously question what, we, what we've learned and also to de-learn and, and maybe also learn again. And I think that's in the, in the core what we understand under this vulnerability. And, and just to think with further, um, yeah, this vulnerability, for example, opens us up the, the courage for imperfection. And we need courage for imperfection when we want to work in iterative processes, for example. Because whenever we, we are in iterative processes, we have to work or deal with yeah, unready solutions and test them and try them out. So I think that's, that's for example, one thing we, we've learned that only when people are bringing this kind of vulnerability after time by their personality, they are really opening up and they are really having um, yeah, actually the courage to run in iterative processes. And another thing I think which is interesting is that yeah, through vulnerability we, we, we develop a kind of compassion, also passion, and build on this kind of compassion is empathy towards users. So only when we open up and, and are vulnerable, we will yeah, be, be masters in human-centeredness and in human-centered design, for example, because only then we can really truly understand what our users or our, our customers really want or need. And, and yeah, I think the, the really interesting thing is we are all talking about collaboration. Also, when you want to, to, to collaborate, you need to, to be vulnerable in a way by just saying, hey, um, that's me and I'm good in that and maybe not that good in that and, and that's where complementary parts actually meet and no matter whether that's in person but also in, in, in companies but first of all, yeah, you have to bring onto the table this, this kind of vulnerability because only based on this you can then really go into a, a complementary connection and based on this kind of collaboration we can then think about yeah, getting people out of silos into um, maybe networks. And I just want to stay just for a second on this picture because I think that's, that was my kind of resume of, of, of yeah, two years design thinking and also a resume of, of me coming from a big corporate into this design thinking school and learning there that, yeah, in the end, it's, it's not a question of method and tools. It's a question of personality. And it's a question whether, whether you, you, you are maybe brave enough to, to, to open up to open up and, and just um, yeah, be, be vulnerable in a way of, of yeah, failing. And I think that's the way we're going to yeah, create and, and really shape future. And, and that's not easy, right? Because yeah, who, who enjoys to, to get hurt or who enjoys actually to be vulnerable in what you, in what you do? So I would say the, the kind of resume or conclusion out of this was that if we want to be yeah, creative and if we want to, I don't know, work in those, in those kind of iterative processes and so on, in the end it really comes to us to dare to, to be human at work. And, and this is something which um, yeah, isn't that, that obvious because we at work are told to be professional and, and are told to um, yeah, usually yeah, not to be this, this, this kind of human. And I think this is a very 
for me, positive perspective when it comes to the future of, of, of work or the future of human work, that I think those who will really shape and create this, this, this kind of world we move in, yeah, they, I think, in the end, um, have one thing in common. They, they, they dare to be human in what they do. Because otherwise, yeah, I think they, they will not really come to those, yeah, maybe innovative ideas which will change the world. And it's really, really fantastic that you guys have to change or maybe adapt or do different things differently. But if you go back to your organization with a strong hierarchy in silos, this will, uh, you know, not work. Of course, so this is the second part of our talk that we say on the individual side you have to adapt, change, do things differently, open up, be curious as we said, but on the organizational perspective you have to uh, see what happens there right now, right? You have meetings, for example, and you come in a surrounding where, which, which has been going on for years maybe, and meetings are a very good example. Uh, I don't know how many of you are questioning meetings at all. You go into a team meeting and usually you get a management download from your superior and then uh, a lot of meetings are that the alpha male, for example, in the room talks maybe with, a, with another one and then you're one hour in a meeting and eight people are sitting around and don't have any tasks. So this is something which is very normal and people are saying that, you know, is this value my time, you know, could I do something else, can I not just get a wrap up for five minutes at the end, um, even read the minutes, or they don't even read the minutes anymore, so this is what we have today. So repetition, also something what we have in jobs every day right now, so why should you do as a human being anything which can be automated or done with a script or by a robot, why do you have to do it all over again? You should be the one thinking up new concepts, you should be the one thinking up what could be done next. And next thing are silos, you know, large companies work in these different silos, this is one thing, but also um, it is learned that when you go into and you want to make a career in a large company, you have to work in this silo and get up to the next level. Maybe have someone who to pro pro protege you <laughs> and, uh, you know, to get up and then you'll be always a shadow or a second person. This is one work, but it's r seldomly the one because you're really, really good. Uh, well, it happens here and there in large corporations that people who are really good, they're so good you cannot ignore them. But sometimes it is just really that people are very, very happy that they have employees who are really, really strong, but they will never, you know, let them go because, you know, who is doing the work then in their team? So this is what we have right now, and the question is uh, now to you, and this is, um, can, should we do this as a shout-out or talk again? Yeah, I think talk. So we, what, what experience, like the ones we're saying right now, have you experienced at work, which is really shitty, which you'd like to have changed, but the very important thing is you have to be aware of this and, and change something by maybe just talking. Another 30 seconds? Yeah. 30 seconds, exchange with your partner what is really, really bad.
Okay. <laughs> this, 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 is, this should be rather quick, saying every, uh, telling your neighbor everything that is not working at jobs should be like bam, 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 bam. That's uh, obviously the case here. So um, I'd like to share with you what we think how work should be done and what could be differently at work so you would love to be there and, you know, contribute even more. So our theory is that experience, it's not about learning in school, it's not about reading a book, it's about exchanging with others. And as soon as you learn something from the other and you know, oh, this is really bad or this is really good, I have not heard this before, you begin to transfer this. You transfer this to your own life, you transfer this maybe to another team or to another meeting or even if you're in, a, uh, in an entity of, of people who are in different companies, you transfer this to a different company. So this is what we call uh, uh, the transfer uh, element of this. And then you go into a viral mode. And as soon as people understand, wow, these guys are working totally differently, they understand why can't we just work the same way. And to go a little bit more into details, I would share with you experience qualities we defined where we said that um, what makes human, we, said, we heard that earlier, is because we are humans, it is much more impact when we talk to each other. The exchange, the, the exchange of knowledge, the exchange of experience is much better. I don't know how your experience is, but if someone explains a theory to me with his own words, with his own passion, with his own enthusiasm, then I'll get it. I usually get it. But if I have to read it in a book and it's uh, from... Uh, Method and Brun or something theoretically, then I'm like, uh, pff, uh, Claudia, can you please explain what he said? Uh, so this is something uh, where I think this, this is something where uh, the personal interaction uh, creates tangible outcomes. And uh, I would have an... Uh, an um, um, I like to share a very good example Werner Vogels, the CTO of Amazon, uh, shared with me, where he said that um, they introduced a concept at uh, Amazon when someone um, invited uh, um, uh, their peers to a new innovation and they introduced them to the managing board and someone said, ah, oh, no, we're not going to do this because it might be um, cannibalizing an existing service. The person who said no had to do the job. So the naysayers have been actually punished to do the idea or the innovation work someone else suggested. And so they stopped saying no in meetings. And what came with this was the high innovation rate uh, of what we all know what Amazon is uh, about today. So this is something what I thought is a real, real good insight. So when you uh, learn and, uh, and um, uh, change the, the perspective of looking at things, you have very strong experience um, uh, knowledges. So here is the question to you again. Do you have similar experience where you heard from someone who had uh, uh, some deep insight and you said, wow, I wish I had done this the same way or hey, now I will do it the same way. So I would say another 30 seconds or a minute for you and this is the last time you will interact real quick. Um, to share your experience and say, hey, I did this, and maybe you can take this away next time when you go to work. 30 seconds. Transfer quality, and then can we open, so then I give it to you again, and then you close this thing. Yeah? Or what do you have?
Zeichen geben, aber wir können es ja auch jederzeit jetzt beenden. Das ist alles gut. Mhm. Wir können für Q&As aufmachen. Genau, wir können ja hier vorne einfach nochmal eine kurze Diskussion. Jeder, der noch Lust hat zu diskutieren, kann einfach nach vorne kommen. Okay, what, what we'd like to uh, achieve with this kind of task, which is actually uh, totally out of my comfort zone, to be very honest, to stand here and not talk for a minute and have you discuss and wait and not knowing if this works at all, because we've never done this, is showing my side of vulnerability because we have not, or I've never done a talk like this. So... Um, The transfer quality is something I'd like to address in this context here right now. So if you learn something right now from your neighbor, or if you learn something due to your experience you have by yourself with others, you will talk about it. You will transfer this knowledge to other people. This is, you know, you can't do anything about it. You will do it with bad things, but you will also do it, of course, with good things. And the idea must be if we're all willing to, to transfer knowledge, we also get rid of this so-called Herrschaftswissen. So the, the thing, one of the, the, what people have is that information hiding. This is something which is a thing of the past. If you want to work and continue in the future, this will not work. You have to share information. You have to share knowledge. And then people will tell others and you will uh, be a much stronger person, even a stronger leader. And... Um, so you even take this away not only in your business life, but also in your private life. And when you do so, others hear about you. Others hear about the way you work. And then they say, I want to work the same way, or I want to adapt in the same way. And this is something where we think this is the true, the true future of how people should work and with the target and goals within jobs, within the private life. Because if you think of how... Um, people organize their private life, if, how, how you go to movies, how you go to concerts, even to church. You, you know, if you don't like it, you will change it, right? So why should you not do something, change things at work, for example, where uh, you are probably most of your time, even more than, than uh, with your family or so. So for us, um, these are crucial elements of a future work, and the idea is now to think of what the future will look like. Yes, and I, I think um, as you as you may have seen during the talk, I think what, what is there? I think there there are some some advice for for every person individual, right? Um, on, on on what maybe in from personality wise, but also from from methods and so on, might might just make out of you a person who can really maybe create this human future of work and, and maybe also develop own jobs um, and new jobs. And on the other side, we have, of course, organizations and what they can change in the way they redesign maybe those interactions within companies and maybe think this also really from scratch. I think, of course, organizations, um, they, they do the things they 
did them in the past, but I think when you see how how, how the environment is changing and also um, how the the also the, the the qualities are changing which are needed by the employees, I think it's time to really rethink of of how people interact in companies and how they also work together. So. Um, I think what, what yeah, maybe could be a, a good ending for today is um, that maybe we all together, and, and I think we are all pioneers in, in this field when it comes to work. I think if we would just go through the rows, I think no one would be this, this traditional, I don't know, person working in this and that industry, um, that we maybe all just together complete and say, well, it's maybe our job to find out what the human future of work actually is and, and, and that there isn't this answer, but also that on the other side, it's, it's maybe yeah, also difficult or dangerous to, to just draw this, this, this negative or, or dark side of, of this future of work. And um, yeah, so um, yeah, we would like to, to actually conclude by, by saying, hey, let's maybe together yeah, create this kind of um, human... Future of da, da? work. Yeah, maybe we can click here. Yeah, let's let's be pioneers in that, and and let's maybe create it together. And would like to actually invite you or whoever wants to, um, yeah, just to come together here, maybe in front and and talk about what what would you say um, are maybe first steps into this into this human future of work. What would you see um, actually the, the the potential for us humans based on those qualities, but maybe also based um, on 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 the way organizations maybe should work in future together. And um, yeah, and 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 this would be. Yeah, I think the, the invitation for now to use this, this, this yeah, last slot, I think you've heard too many inputs of today, I guess, um, to, to get more into conversations and into discussions and um, yeah, discuss about the yeah, human future of work and how this is going to look like. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much. So if you like to ask them questions, please come to me. <laughs> Come on, somebody. A comment. Hi, come on. <laughs> come to me. Hi. Okay, you have great. So um, the final question was that how do we find out what the future jobs or yes. what, what the uh, human future of work will look like? Is it not going to just evolve by itself if we just let it happen <laughs> just like just like I, I know how many years ago 70 years ago yeah invention of tractors did mm -hmm. not destroy farmers right certain changed the jobs that farmers did but we still have people and 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 tractors doing the job so why don't we just let it happen this is such a fantastic question I'll start, and Moritz goes into this. Um, well, if, if you look at numbers, this is actually a number I know. Uh, you have um, today one farmer doing the job of 1,000 farmers 70 years ago, right? So um, these 999 farmers are not unemployed. They're doing something else now. This is what you say. But if you just let it happen, this is, of course, you know, this, this will be this history like, oh, suddenly we have smartphones. The same thing. Um, what we're trying to encourage is that instead of letting it happen, I'd rather have uh, 
it in my own hands, the destiny in my own hands to, to develop maybe new jobs based on the skills I have, based on the environment I'm in and see, you know, what can we do differently and what maybe can be a new job which is not existing today. I just talked to someone here outside who told me, an HR expert, who said that in five years now, 80% of the jobs existing in five years don't exist today, right? So then you can say, yeah, well, let's, ha let's you know, have make it happen, it will happen anyway, this is a solution, but I'd rather have to drive it myself. So this would well, be my answer. Yeah, maybe to, to build on this, I think what is really new in this development we face right now, I think also with AI, is the speed in, in that it will occur, or at least that's what, what yeah, many, many yeah, scientists say. So um, if you see, at, for example, the Industrial Revolution, and maybe also at some point the, the tractor came into this game based maybe on the steam engine, um, it, I think, took maybe 50 years until this kind of innovation um, yeah, got in touch with most people, I think, in the Western world at least. And if you look now at, at AI, I think here is um, the fundament, I think, um, yeah, digital, and, and so this will spread much faster. So we will not talk about 50 years till it reached into society, till it reached into, into companies and so on. Um, this will be maybe one, two or three years. So this will hit us in a, in a much higher speed, I think. And, and so I think to, to be a little bit kind of uh, preventious in this, <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's really time to, 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 to really shape this and, and not just um, maybe, maybe let it go. Um, and, and I think also that many companies are asking themselves this question, what are we going to do with all the people and, and how can we make best use of them? And that's, I think, also because, or maybe one reason why all those methods of yeah, design thinking and so on, besides, of course, the fact that they need to foster innovation, um, yeah, it gets that popular and famous maybe these days. Hi, yeah. thanks for a great talk. Um, Thank you. you were speaking about the vulnerabilities yeah. that people are facing. Can you give me a practical example of how it can help my colleagues with these insecurities that come along with it? Yeah. A practical exercise or yeah. an example of an intervention you can do at work? Yeah, I think that's actually a good question. Um, so, um, yeah, I think I can maybe describe it best from my perspective because I kind of grew up in a corporate. I, I studied at a big media company, Bertelsmann, and then just bumped into the school of design thinking. And, and this was really a kind of upside down turnaround for me because everything I've learned in this corporate that should be right and that, um, yeah, the, actually also the way I should behave, right, most professional, not emotional and so on, was completely wrong because <laughs> in the D school it's really more about being emotional, trying things out, making kind of mistakes and failures and this I, I couldn't in this corporate. So what I actually would, would do with your team would be um, maybe just to, to, to try things out and, and have some maybe first projects which are maybe not that correlated to, to your day in and day out work and, and, and really make them yeah, a little bit like, like, like kids playing and, and realizing that actually making mistakes and, and, and I don't know, falling down isn't something bad, that actually they learn with every failure and, and I think that's also what um, I think is, is behind, for example, methods like design thinking and all this discussion about failure culture. It's, it's not that we all have to fail because failing is so much fun. No, it's because we, when we fail, learn most, right? About our customers, about our users, about maybe prototypes and product ideas we have. And, and yeah, I think I would try actually to give them, them this kind of experience. Hey, when, when I fail, um, this isn't something bad. It's, it's really about learning. And this, does, does this maybe help you in a in a way, or, or I think you you tackled more this um, fear of this change you had maybe, or you, you you mentioned insecurity, right? Insecurity, for example, is is uh, you might fear to tell someone you're not capable of 
using some technical tools, for example? Is that some kind of insecurity? No, for example, I work for a European authority. Yeah. Uh, we're 140 people. We removed one, uh, one level of hierarchy. Yeah. And uh, so we're more agile now, but mm -hmm. we need to help the colleagues who are willing, who are open to it, to deal with this new kind of situation, with the new responsibilities and, and the vulnerability that comes yeah. along with it. And I would like to hear a practical example. Yeah. How, how do I lead them through it? Okay, this, this is so personal and this is so cool. Let's talk right away after the talk. Great. Uh, I missed the beginning of your talk, so excuse me if my question doesn't, if it was answered in the beginning. But one thing I'm interested in is, you know, like the question, artificial intelligence, will we as humans be obsolete and will artificial intelligence even need us anymore to do anything? And do we need to restrict artificial intelligence to make a reason for us to be on Earth even there, yeah, so mm -hmm. that there's some reason for us to be here? I think there won't be any need for it in case we really find our, our, our way on, on this kind of, yeah, thinking further, right? Because, I mean, if, if we use all this kind of potential we have inside us and, and, and maybe also the way of, of maybe being creative and so on, there will be always, I think, a next step. So that's my just very personal opinion. Where we're going to use maybe then the technology or the AI again for it to, to, I don't know, um, yeah, in the end maybe come to, to ideas which we cannot really think about today. But this will be just possible if we combine maybe then our, our forces with also this technology. So um, I would be quite positive in this, but I usually tend to be more positive about the world. Um, I think the other perspective, um, yeah, is, is, is definitely um, also one that needs to be discussed. If you think in Matrix or in Terminator's terms, of course, uh, we missed the point to implement Asimov's laws, for example, right? So this is gone. So the, the, the artificial intelligence probably is out there. So the question for us must be, um, what can we do and what what AI cannot do, right? So it's not the question of that we have to fear them, so you say to them, okay, certain tasks will be them, and other tasks will be with us. There will be times of collaboration between our AI and humans, no, no doubts about this, but there will be also things which only we, we can do. So actually, it's, uh, this is what we said about experience, transfer, and um, you know, this knowledge and seeing what is the thing you can do really well and a machine cannot. So this is something you have to find out in your organization, with your friends, with your company, whatever. <laughs> Thanks, you. One question by myself is, uh, isn't it too late to implement that? Or on the other hand, as you said now, that artificial intelligence and uh, humans have to work together. Um, what I always think about is that, why do we think that artificial intelligence is some kind of sentient? It isn't. It's just code and rules. Nothing more. But we do like it's a sentient being with, which is interacting with us, but it isn't. It's just like we're typing strings and numbers and working with bits, nothing more. So, uh, so you answered your question yeah. yourself. Yeah, but yeah. on the other I, I hand, why do we call it artificial intelligence? Yeah. It has nothing oh, to do with intelligence. It's, it's such a great marketing term, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool right now. 
I, I've heard actually a talk today where they said that our artificial intelligence per se is bullocks. Right now it is machine learning, deep learning, etc. It's based on algorithms, etc. Right? What we're talking about is the singularity. That the moment when machines are really thinking by themselves. And the question when this will happen is probably, you know, we don't know. But the thing is not that, well, this is what we try to point out with the talk. It can be all kinds of technologies. AI is like a, like a placeholder. It can be all kinds of technologies where we have to differentiate differentiate ourselves and find our spot. And our spot can be still in the future a very strong one. And it doesn't have to say that, oh, uh, poor me, human, the machines are taking over. No, it's transformational confidence. I stand there and I'm a human, like, just like James Tiberius Kirk, by the way, whoever recognized him. That was, uh, he said like, hey, I don't care if this is a machine doing a certain job, it's still me. So this is an attitude thing. Can I hold it myself? <laughs> Thank you so much. I have a very short question. What if machines are able to empathize and be curious? Because yeah. in the time of singularity, when collective intelligence of human race yeah. is in machine, so machine also becomes a species in a way. Yep. So how do you see that? I, I love the movie Her. Yeah, so... Uh, it, We'll have new friends, maybe. I don't know, right? So we'll see. I, that, that's like the first impulse I would have. We will have a new species. Will they fight for themselves? Will they, you know, will want machine rights with human rights? This is, I think this is very, very in the future. Right now it is about not losing jobs, not, you know. Yeah, um, I would agree with you. I have actually a bet with a Movil uh, a senior executive uh, that I've said that you know it will take less than five years to have a topic like this, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hi, um, my question is basically this: this is like a pep talk. Don't give up for for humans. And and what I'm hearing is, we you're, you're saying that humans have to find out what their USP is compared to machines that will probably be able to emulate. Uh, whatever USP we have within due time. So I'm basically you're trying to tell us you still have a chance <laughs> against machines. Yep. And it's, it's, you're trying to frame this in a very positive way. Uh, you look, it's all the kind of funny, creative stuff that you can do in the future. But in reality, most of that funny, real, you know, creative stuff will probably only need very few people. If at all because you know the machines yep. that are trying to emulate that so what I'm taking away from this talk is um, sorry a lot no of problem. helplessness uh, which is probably the opposite of what you try to achieve sorry no no no, no not at all it's uh, I you know I can it's like a naysayer right so it's uh, I can say no you're wrong I don't believe this, right? So this is what we said, is that um, when you, ex the experience, the exchange between humans can bring up totally new things, you know, thinking outside of silos, knowledge transfer, right? So everyone tries right now to, to, to do everything by themselves, right? So this kind of, it's, it's like an attitude thing, right? So if you bring experience and the exchange between people, uh, knowledge into your company, into your friends, whatever it is, and make it in, the, in, the, in a way that which, which uh, benefits to you, to your company, then this will be totally different. It can be even that you say that, oh, 
this is a great AI you have in your company. I can use this in my company as well. It can, can be even this. Oh, wow, I can even save more money and get rid of more people by using this. But the exchange is the, the basic thing here. So this is something where we truly believe it will separate us for a long time from machines. So helplessness, I would not agree. It's like you know, taking your own measures and stand there and say, I talk to my peers and I exchange with them what they learned I haven't learned yet because machines, they will load up into the cloud what they've learned and then all the machines know that. We humans are not capable to do so. So as soon as we try to exchange, learn from others, then we have the transfer quality that will say, hey, I learned from someone else, I'll use this and be faster and more successful. But in what topic, in what area, I don't know. Maybe you're right, but I would not say, see it in the pessimistic way as, as you're mentioning it. We have to find our spot. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think maybe just um, short. I, I would say, yeah, maybe it's helplessness. Maybe it's it's um, that yeah, we are not sure about what kind of role we're gonna play in the future. And and I think this talk, yeah, isn't really yeah meant as a as a pep talk to say, hey, humans, <laughs> there's still a spot for you where you can also can do something. No, it's um, more meant as an invitation for, for all of us to really think this through and, and, and see this kind of design challenge behind, right? And and start not just happening it uh, or just seeing it happen, but more thinking about, well, from a scratch, what, what can we work? What what can we do actually in the future? And, and when it comes to this whole creative stuff and so on, I think also this this confidence i think everyone should be confident about well i can be creative i can create something in my life and this doesn't always necessarily need to be um, a big business company impact whatever because this can also be in in your private i don't know environment something an initiative or whatever and um i think the the toughest part of this going to be and and i think if you look back in history also and for example this example in in detroit michigan um, was to to give people again this this kind of confidence to to really think clearly and speak it out loud what they really want to do with their life and what they really want to create and what they want to stand for and and i think this is all part maybe of of this 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 confidence which will be necessary in, in order not to lose everyone on the field just to give them the tools democratize all those tools we maybe now used to do those fancy creative stuff um, and to, to democratize give them to everyone so that everyone can start creating something and find also sense and meaning then in life yeah maybe my question goes in a similar direction mm -hmm. i just came out of another talk about artificial intelligence mm -hmm. and the essence was rather terrifying what mm -hmm. artificial intelligence is actually able to do and what machines will be able to do in the near future and how trackable everyone will become mm -hmm. and um, I apologize if I missed the essence maybe because I just stepped in halfway but um, are you saying um, or do you see a clear good side um, maybe also of artificial intelligence and what could like the counter picture be? Hmm. Uh, the counter picture of the good side? Of the, of the bad side, of course. <laughs> I mean, okay. it can be very terrifying to yeah. have all your digital footprints everywhere mm -hmm. and be um, yeah. traceable down to, I don't know, mm -hmm. your privacy, mm -hmm. which you maybe don't want to reveal. But um, what is the actual... Um, win maybe that we should also see and um, which we should mm -hmm. 
um, get out here with. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's also again a very positive um, glance at the world. But you ask for it. I think that if we humans really try to focus on, on um, yeah, that what we are really good in, and uh, like for example, this this what we pointed out, the creativity stuff, and so on, and and doing this by being really human, truly human, right? In 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 terms of of showing this kind of vulnerability, which opens us up completely new fears of of creativity, opens up completely new fears of of also creating new ideas and, and maybe also also shaping um, this, this world. I think that there can be a kind of um, very collaborative way where we can, humans work together maybe with technology and also AI to solve the, the really big global challenges we face right now. And, and I think there are some challenges left if you look at the global goals, for example, the development goals um, when it comes to hunger in the world, when it comes to, I don't know, education and so on. So um, I still see the potential, but therefore I think that we humans really have to start really play also our strengths in this. And this is not, you know, copying um, from left-hand computer to the right-hand computer and so on, but it's really more this, this creative stuff. And I think we will see, maybe also in the next years, ways where this becomes quite obvious, not only in, I don't know, fabrication, for example, that humans and technology work jointly together and, and be thereby much more powerful. I think in this industry sector, it's this, this kind of leverage of muscle power you see there, right? Um, I think we're going to see this also um, in, when it comes to our, our yeah, mechanical mind, maybe, that this um, kind of mechanical mind AIs will have will be combined with maybe this more human, yeah, maybe mind we, we humans still have if we really concentrate on that, and this will maybe um, open us some completely new fears of, of, of problem solving in the world. Um, so this would be would be um, my my very positive view on it, and and also the chances I would see in it. Um, but of course, there's also this 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 other side, and and I just think it's important, and and I think that's that's also again what we mean by hey, not just let's create, I don't know, the future of work. No, let's create the human future of work because we humans have to focus on what we're really good in and what we may be also unique in and, and bring this on a table with maybe also technology. And by combining this, then maybe we'll have um, some, some creating new ways of, of solving challenges in the world. Yeah, it's, a, it's a very physiological, uh, physio yes. physio you know what I mean, question, right? <laughs> so the, 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 uh, in the beginning, uh, as you missed it, uh, well, we're thinking that people who design artificial intelligence services, like the insurance uh, topics, uh, a better policemen, better uh, all the examples I had in the beginning, right? This is not, or better doctors for better diagnosis. It's not done to get rid of jobs or, you know, you know be bad to humans. It is done to be more efficient, to be, you know, better for, for all of us, right? So this is usually the motivation of, of, of large companies, even of Amazon and Google. So they want to improve certain things. And of course, they want to make money with it. The question is at the end, you know, what do we make out of it? And then because it is philosophical, ha, now I have the word, it's also a question then, of course, of politics, right? What kind of rules do we have to ena enable? What kind of, you know, do's and don'ts are machines allowed to do, etc., right? So it's a long-term thing, and it's very good that we start the discussion very early. And it's, uh, um, but you should never forget that um, it, it should not come to like a depression kind of area where we get rid of thousands of, of jobs and people don't have jobs and go into a, like a deep depression like in the 20s, 30s, where we don't have jobs, and then we have totally different different problems. So the question we're, no, the, the thing we try to raise is to be aware that this will happen and to engage somehow to find new tasks, new challenges, new jobs, create new jobs. And so this is why we very positively try to see the future this way. Okay. So at the end we can say never forget to put in a stop switch 
a brake switch. Yeah. And Why not? sadly, we are at exactly that point here right now. <laughs> I would love to talk with you both about hours and hours again. So, Max? <laughs> Moments. Moments. Yes. And Gem. Gem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're here. Talk to us. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Yes. <laughs>